a much new kind of leader. This is the last part of the blessing part. If you've missed the first two parts, shame on you. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if, they, uh, if you need to catch up, we're online. And there's a flyer out there about how giving the blessing. We've talked about this blessing before. But today you get a free gift. All the adults get a free gift. If you're a family and you can, uh, husband and wife can share one, that's fine. But I have a book for you. You'll be glad you came today to get a free book. Now, normally I'd say, please don't read it during the sermon, but we're going to read it during the sermon. So, so this is going to be good today. You get your, get your book here. As you recall, if you have been here for the last three weeks, we've been talking about looking at the idea, the concept of the blessing. And we went through Genesis 27, where we looked and talked about Isaac. And the first thing in giving his blessing to his children. And if you recall, Esau, the oldest, was kind of uh, cheated out of the blessing that it was to be his. And he was very upset about it, caused incredible problems in their family. He missed the blessing that he so coveted from his dad. It is very important that parents bless their children. Very important that that takes place and how that happens. It can be done formally, but it should be happening all along. The second section we did, we went and jumped ahead 10 chapters, but followed in the same family, and we went to the story in Genesis 37, where we talked about how Joseph, the son of Jacob, was loved by him more than any of the brothers, and they knew it. He got a coat of many colors and all that problems that went Ahead, And last week we talked about what happens when the blessing is withheld. What happens in the family when that kind of things? We have finding the blessing, as we talked about, can be found in outreaching to others, including those within the church family. So today, I wanted you to get this book. And I wanted us to go through a little bit of it together. So you're going to need to have it. If you can't see that, we may need to turn up the lights just a little bit. I guess you got enough light in here. We're good that you can see. So did everybody get a book? Everybody got a book? Got a book? Got a book? Got a book? Okay, good, good for you. Good for you. All right, so you got to hang in on this, and here we go. So what we're going to do is uh, this is published. This book was published by Think Orange. And they talked about what is the purpose of their book. Well, the purpose of their book was to influence those uh, of the next generation, influence the influencers of the next generation, of those that are coming up. And throughout this, you may notice that there's a little number down at the bottom. That means page 7. You'll find that on page 7, so you can keep up. So if you're following along, you can follow on page 7. There are not a lot. I used to, I used to ask when they say somebody recommend a book, I'd say, are there lots of pictures in it? And, uh, no, there are no pictures in it. But we do have drawings in it, so you some to a little bit entertaining for you uh, today. So on page 7, if you're there on page 7, you'll find this. If you combine the heart of the family red with the light of the church yellow, you will have, you will make a greater impact. Two combined influences will make greater impact than the two influences separated by themselves. So the impact about having and influencing the next generation coming, if you have the impact of both the family and the church together, the impact is much greater than if you just have them separate. 
and they've worked all the research and found out it is a greater problem, greater deal, if we can influence that through the com- combination of both the church and of the family together. So here's their emblem there about thinking orange, of putting the family and the church together in accomplishing a great and wonderful ministry for them. So I wanted us to think about how are we, as a church family, going to continue the blessing, of sending the blessing on by the extension of working to work with our young people? And how would that happen? If you recall, somewhere along the path, there was an adult who opened the door for you. If you think back in your experience, somewhere in that process, somewhere in making that journey, someone opened the door so that you could have a way forward. I certainly remember mine, and I'll share with that experience in just a moment. But more than kids, the first page here is the first chapter. You found the first chapter there? First chapter. There's a new kind of leader who believes kids matter more than adults. Whoa, 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 whoa. don't get offended here. Don't get offended. This is a very important concept for us to understand. Very important. And that is that kids matter more than adults. Why would we say that? How could we say? We're talking about a kid, anyone who is not an adult yet. So that takes us up through the teenage years. So we're talking about that. So how are we going to do it? One of the most important impacts is that you make an impression. All kinds of impressions can be made and extending. Now think of us not just looking at your children, but looking at the children, the kids of the church and the community. Those around you, they're not directly in your family, but they are still part of somewhere where you can have an influence upon them into the future. So would you think of that in your mind as we go through this today, that we're looking to make that impression about that? And maybe you remember someone in your past who made an incredible impression on you, who had that influence. I knew a pastor and his wife, they, uh, I thought it was a very great idea, is they had it in their hallway in their home, they had their hall of fame. And they put up in the hallway pictures of people in their lives, in their past, who had influenced them. And I thought, you know, that's a great idea. I should do that. I wish I had. But, I, you know, I wish I could make that, that concept with them to do. So that may be something you might think of. Well, who would you put on your wall of a person who influenced you? Who had that? There are several in mine. I talked to the students yesterday at school about um, Millie Adamson and how she changed my life. She was my English and Spanish teacher, and she made an incredible impression in my life. And she's the reason I'm in the ministry today and even in the church, because she had an incredible impact on me. It wasn't kind the way she did it, but she did. And she straightened me out one day. Put me on my way. So what we do now for a kid is far more important than what we do for them later as an adult. What our church does for a kid is more important than anything else we do. 
I heard a few. Let's try this again. What our church does for a kid is more important than anything else we do. All right. Thank you very much. See you there. Why would we say such a thing? Brothers and sisters, we need to strengthen our Sabbath school classes. In fact, we should cancel all our adult division until the Sabbath school classes for the children are done first. Would you still come? Sabbath school? We need to strengthen our pathfinders and adventurers. Need to have that happen. You see, on page 21, it says we need to make an investment. Make an investment in our church. Are you following that along there? You're following along on page 21? Making an investment. Being involved with that. Verse 20, chapter 29, excuse me, page 29. What What if we started acting like, what if we started acting like what we do for kids is more important than anything else we do? What would happen if we did that? What would take place? All right, find page 29. Would you find there page 29? I'd like you to look at page 29. You'll find that that starts there on page 29, and you'll look at that and you'll see volunteer to do something more than what you're doing now. Volunteer to do something more. All right, I want you to come back to page 27 because there's something there <laughs> this hits, hits me hard, okay, so, so we'll be all right. Page 27, last three. Let's pretend, the, book, the author is saying, if I were your pastor, now that's a scary thought, but if I were, here's what I might say. No one can volunteer for anything until we have enough leaders in the kids and for teenagers. Amen. Ooh. We are canceling Sunday morning adult classes, so you no longer have an excuse. (laughs) If you haven't volunteered in over two years, you need to find another church. Well, we're not asking you to do that. I thought that was kind of rude of him to say such a thing. Number two, chapter two, there is a new kind of leader who believes a strategy matters more than you think. A strategy matters more than you think. If you found chapter 2 there, going on on page 33, if you're a leader who believes kids matter, at some point you will have to change to make things go. You're going to have to be subject to things that there will be change. Why? Because if a leader who believes kids matter, you're going to have to look and recognize the world around you. They, leaders, because you realize that what has been happening to kids in the world now is different than it was then and your life. And as they grow up adults, they're going to be up in a different world. You know what I mean? Look at that. You know what I mean? I never was raised like that, playing video games like that. Look at that kid. Look how small he is. Oh, he's glued to that. His life is there. Therefore, our strategy is more important, not our mission determines our success. Our strategy 
of how we're going to get there. That's what we need to function on and to go forward with. Page 38. One, what do we want our kids to become? What do we want our kids to become? And two, what do we want our kids to be? We want them to be followers of Christ, don't we? We want that to happen. We really, looking at it, what if we were started acting like we really, um, we aren't really leading kids anywhere if we don't have a plan? If we don't have a plan, we must develop a strategy and a plan for our children. Therefore, it requires all of us to work together as a team to get. Oh, how did the Patriots get in there? I don't, I don't know how that... But, well, that's a good example of a team, I guess. So, so we have to work together, the church family, as a team. Amen. Leading together, pulling together to make it happen. Because, number three, there's a new kind of leader who believes your church matters because it's a place. Now, you need to get this significantly on page 47. On page 47, if you look with me on page 47, there's a significance to having that. If you're reading this, I hope your church believes that church matters for a lot of reasons, and they give some reasons there why it is important. And maybe you think church, and as he mentions here, is a great place to get communion bread and wine. You could have that. Maybe you come there, or maybe you come because it's your habit, or maybe you come. That is not how it works for children. Did you realize that there's estimating that 75% of our neighbors don't think about our church at all around here? Oh, they know we're here, but they don't give us a thought, don't have anything. And why does our church matter? Why does our church matter in this community? Why is it important for us to ask? And there are several questions there. They know, and children know, kids feel like they belong when... They know they are welcome. Kids feel like they belong when they know they are welcome. Kids feel like they belong when they know it's for them. Kids feel like they belong when they know they are known. Do you know the children's names here? I don't know all of their names. I wish I did. But I hope you know some of their names. And call on them, welcome them, and let them know when they are known, and that they are happy here. And third, we need to improve the environment under which we do our children's ministry. So what's happening in our plan is to work as we're going to try to make our new community center more youth-oriented. So it will reach our community. I've been working with Ashley, as you saw up here before, and Kennedy, on working on how we can make that happen to reach our younger generations in our community. So we're talking about moving our classrooms into a special kid zone, talking about having basketball court, talking about having things that we can have socials out, things that will invite the community in, aiming at making those kids, because kids are important. Kids make an important thing. So 
our future of looking forward. The reason we're building a new building, looking at doing that, is not so we are more comfortable. We're comfortable as it is. It's so that we can help our community in all kinds of needs. That's why it would be important to us to have that. Page 58, it talks about if we are starting, what, excuse me, what if we start acting like we may be the best chance a kid will have to belong and have a place to be there? Best place. Knows he is welcome here. I have, as I've told you, a young lady who came into my uh, church one time, and I was standing out in the narthex greeting, and she came in and she said, Hi, Pastor. How do you like my new tattoo? Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> she's trying to see if I would accept her with her tattoo, was she not? Well, the pastor let me wear a tattoo. It's too late for me to make a choice about that. It's already on. So I said, well, there, wow, look at that. What did you choose that for? And we looked at that. And then, I want all of my children who come into my church, all my kids that come in, to know the pastor loves them and accepts them. Amen. That they are welcome. Amen. Everyone. I don't care how if they look like they fell on a tackle box and all the stuff that they're wearing, it doesn't matter to me. That they know that they are loved and welcomed here. Number four. There is a new kind of leader who believes every family matters regardless. Amen. See, the portion of the family related to the church, everyone. So all of us get involved in some sort of parenting and matters. We become supportive of parents and their needs. That is why we can hold seminars. We can have other things to help people with how they can improve their parenting skills. That is important for them to do that. Important for them to have that. Now I want you to look at page 65 for some reason. Let's find page 65. And I wanted to point out some things to you on page 65. At the very bottom. At the very bottom of page 65. The truth is, if parents don't think your church matters... You will have a hard time influencing their family. Ouch! Ouch. Truth matters about that. The truth is, if parents don't think your church matters, they will have a hard time influencing them. And so in caring about kids, that kids matter, and the focus on helping them is so important because it helps parents in the job that they are doing. And in today's world... Most parents are out working, both of them, and they need to work to support the family and to keep things going as they hope to do. And therefore, the children are passed around from here, and they need to find a place, a refuge, a place where they're cared about and where they're supported. And that becomes the responsibility and the enjoyment and the challenge to the church as the church family. You see, we don't change the way families outside the church see us until we change the way we see them. Okay. What happens in the home, therefore, is more important than what happens at church. And our support of helping families and parents do their job will help. Number five, there's a new kind of leader who believes the truth matters. The truth matters. When 
Love Matters, page 76 and 77. Can you look there? Page 76 and 77. Whoops, I went past it. Page 76 and 77. It is in this book somewhere here. It shares several principles here that I think that you should highlight, and I would look, and they're in bold. First, the Bible is true. We accept that. But every truth is not found in the Bible. Is that true? Every truth is not necessarily found in the scriptures. And it gives the example here about uh, going swimming is not the same as taking a bath. You know, that's, that's true. That's true, but it's not found in scripture. And those need those principles, those kind of things need to be shared with, the, with your children, that that does not work, does not happen. Every truth does not have equal uh, weight. We understand that even in theology. We understand that. And every truth does not matter to everyone. That seems hard to accept, but not everyone is affected. It gives you some examples about that. Truth always matters, but when it comes to people of all sizes, ages, truth matters more when it actually matters to them. When it actually matters to them. So truth always matters. It's always important. Truth matters when it actually uh, matters to them. Does it affect them? Making truth relevant, then, is our challenge of what we need to do to make truth absolutely relevant to people. When when uh, we need to understand that in a kid's world, we want to have the influence in a kid's life. When you understand in a kid's world, we want to have influence in their life. If you're human, if you're human, it matters. So doing good matters if you're human. Doing good matters. That's chapter 6. You know, kids can do a lot of good things. You know that? Kids can do a lot of good things. So here comes the story. You know about Camp Winnipeg, don't you? Yes, several of you know about Camp Winnipeg. I was 12 years of age, and I was in the sixth grade. I just finished the sixth grade. And Mr. Brindle, her Brindle, was my teacher in the sixth grade. And it was summertime. And he, uh, he was over visiting at my house, came over for his Sabbath lunch with my parents, and he said, Bill, are you going to go to junior camp? No, I'm not going to junior camp. Well, why not? Well, I don't know. I just don't. I don't want to go. So, well, you should go. Well, I don't know. I don't want to go. And he said, well, you know what? I have a job there. I think think we could give you a job. Would you come to summer camp if you had a job? Well, well, yeah, I, I think I could. I had a job. We wouldn't pay you. You'd just, you know, get to stay there and so forth. But you'd have work. You'd have work there. Well, I'm 12. So and he said, let me make a phone call or two. So he made a few phone calls. And later that afternoon, he called back, or evening, I guess. It's all set. We have a job for you up at camp. Really? Really? They're hiring me to come up there. No money, but food and lodging. So what would I be doing up there? Well, one of your jobs is you would be cleaning out the boats. And you would uh, 
needed, which I found I had to do every morning, get on there and clean out the boats because it rained in them. I had to get the water out of them and drop them all down, get them all cleaned up, get everything, get things out for the day. So I, I went and did that. And then the other thing is I had to check people in and out of uh, swimming because they had to make sure that we didn't lose any in swimming in the lake. And I went, I went to camp as an employee. I was 12. The influence of that camp changed my perception about camps totally. Because I'd had a bad experience earlier. Went to camp one time before. But it was an adult who looked into my life and said, this boy needs to be in camp. And therefore took me to camp. I wasn't a camper. I was an employee. 12 years of age. (laughs) Do you see that? Do you see what happened there? Incredible change. And I had a wonderful time because I was an employee doing my job. Employee. If you want kids... If you want a kid's faith to grow significantly, give them something significant to do. Teenagers need to be serving. Serving. So if we start acting like that, what a kid does can actually affect what a kid believes we believe that last chapter number seven this week matters this week matters when it's repeated this week matters now he uses the illustration on page 105 that you have 936 marbles in a jar he asked families to do this go put 936 marbles in a jar now Each marble represents one week of your child's life, you see. So you have 936 weeks before your child finishes high school. That's it, 936. So by the time they reach first grade, you only have 623 left. Already spent the rest. By the time they reach the sixth grade, you have 364 weeks left to have influence as before they leave the house. By ninth grade, you have 209 weeks left. And by the time they're in the 12th grade, you have 52 weeks or less left. Do you see how that happens? The Psalms tell us, and I needed a biblical text, so I grabbed one. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days, being aware of the amount of influence we have and the time we have. Time passing by. It is the most important thing that we can remember. They won't be with us forever. So, when do we start acting like this? What do we do this week that matters more than we do every week? What happens? What matters to us? Happening? We have our influence this week. Make the most of this week. Push this week. And part of that simply means keep showing up. 
keep showing up. You see, kids can't see God. Kids can't see Jesus. Kids can't see the Holy Spirit. But kids can see people who follow God. And kids can see you. So I give you this book to read, to take it home. Please read it carefully. And then I want to ask you something. Isn't it time that this church enter a new era, a new turn, a place where we go where kids matter, whether they're in this church or not, that they matter to us. And therefore, if they matter to us, let's put them front burner. So I'm inviting you, all of you adults, to step up and be a new leader. Not to just sit and say, well, it comes hard. All of us are needed to be part of the team to step up and help. And your involvement and your caring and looking, meeting our kids, getting to know their names, looking for them, having an impact. When they say, yeah, I'm going to have a tough test. Ah, you text them and say, how'd that test go? Do you know what I mean by text them? Have you savvy enough to know what I mean by text them? If you don't, we need to talk. But having that influence to be able to share it with them and connect with them so that they know when they walk in, walk into this place, they have friends, adult friends, who are looking for them and want to encourage them. Now, Andrew just ran a one, a 4K this morning. 5K, excuse me, 5K. Can you believe that? Young man ran and did that this morning. Okay, a new kind of leader. What does that mean to you? Well, how does that affect you? How does that involve you? So please read the book, and then you begin to find creative ways in which you can be a new leader. Would you do that for me? How you can be involved. We need a strong team so that our Sabbath schools, our pathfinders, our adventurers are the most going machines around here. Dear Lord, I ask that you give us a vision of what we can do, that we may be the blessing given to our kids All of them that are not adults need the blessing, and they need to be part. I thank you for sharing with us this great concept. And I thank you for the opportunity that lays ahead of us, because kids matter. And we need to step up and be a new kind of leader, volunteering to help wherever we can. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as we do just that.